0: March 29th was National Vietnam War Veterans Day. This episode of SMGC's History Moment is about the war in Vietnam and the 53rd Signal Battalion, a veteran of that conflict. The roots of the war in Vietnam began in the 19th century when the area was under French colonial rule. During World War II, the Japanese forces invaded Vietnam and they were fought off by both the locals as well as the French colonial government. One leader arose, Ho Chi Minh, who was inspired by Chinese and Soviet Communism, he formed the Viet Minh, or the League for the Independence of Vietnam. Following its 1945 defeat in World War II, Japan withdrew its forces from Vietnam, leaving the French-educated Emperor Bao Dai in control. Seeing an opportunity to seize control, Ho's Viet Minh forces immediately rose up taking over the northern city of Hanoi and declaring a Democratic Republic of Vietnam, with Ho as president. The French quickly responded, backing Emperor Bao. They set up the state of Vietnam in July of 1949, with the city of Saigon as its capital. But both sides wanted the same thing, a unified Vietnam. While Ho and his supporters wanted a nation modeled after other communist countries, Bao and many others wanted a Vietnam with close economic and cultural ties to the West. Armed conflict between the two nations quickly began. In 1954, the Viet Minh defeated the French at the Battle of Dien Bien Phu, ending almost a century of French colonial rule in Indochina. The place is Dien Bien Phu in French Indochina. The year is 1954. The lonely jungle outpost surrounded by communist guerrillas and accessible only by air is doomed. In 1954, at the Geneva Conference, Vietnam was split along the 17th parallel with Ho in control in the north and Bao in the south. In 1955, the strongly anti-communist politician Diem pushed Emperor Bao aside to become president of the government of the Republic of Vietnam. With a communist government in the north and a democratic government in the south, Cold War tensions intensified as the United States hardened its policies against any allies of the Soviet Union. In 1955, President Dwight D. Eisenhower pledged support to DM and South Vietnam. Backed by the American military and the CIA, DM security forces cracked down on Viet Minh sympathizers in the South, also known as the Viet Cong. The United States continued to support DM and the government of South Vietnam working under the idea of the domino theory, which said that if one Southeast Asian country fell to communism, many other countries would follow. By 1962, the U.S. military presence in South Vietnam had reached almost 9,000 troops. My fellow Americans,
1: as president and commander in chief, it is my duty to the American people to report that renewed hostile actions against United States ships on the high seas in the Gulf of Tonkin.
0: With advisors on the ground, tensions began to intensify. In August of 1964, North Vietnamese torpedo boats attacked two U.S. destroyers in the Gulf of Tonkin. President Johnson ordered the retaliatory bombing of military targets. Congress soon passed the Gulf of Tonkin resolution which gave the president broad war-making powers, and U.S. planes began regular bombing raids the following year. The war in Vietnam had begun. On March 8, 1965, under the direct order of President Johnson, some 3,500 Marines of the 9th Marine Expeditionary Brigade came ashore on the beach at Da Nang. These Marines were the first U.S. combat troops to enter the war. Their job was to secure Da Nang Air Base,
1: From which many of the bombing raids on the north were launched.
0: In March of 1965, President Johnson made the decision to send U.S. combat forces into battle in Vietnam. By June, 82,000 combat troops were stationed in the country, and military leaders were calling for 175,000 more by the end of the year to shore up the struggling South Vietnamese army. The 53rd Signal Battalion arrived in Vietnam on the 4th of June, 1966, from Fort Hood, Texas. The battalion was responsible for providing communications for all echelons of the 2nd Field Force. Among its capabilities were high-frequency radio teletype, voice communications, operating a communications center, a switchboard, as well as a military-affiliate radio system, or Mars station. The battalion was responsible for ensuring communication between the Corps headquarters and units spread across 11 provinces around Saigon. Former 53rd Signal Battalion soldier Bruce Henschel, a veteran of the war in Vietnam, talked to us about what it was like to be a signal soldier during that time.
1: I was, uh, I got drafted into the Army in September of 1966. I, I, I went to basic training in Cap uh, Fort. Fort Campbell, Kentucky, and then from there I went to uh, uh, Fort Dix, New Jersey, where that was basically Morris Code, and uh, uh, from there I went to Fort Gordon, Georgia, uh, for my radio teletype training, and then from there we took a. I I uh, was a replacement to the 53rd Signal in Vietnam.
0: Henschel explains what his day was like while serving with the 53rd in Vietnam.
1: We had a, a whole bunch of units attached uh, that we had communication with and stuff back and forth. And again, most of, most of the, all our messages were, uh, well, I don't want to see most of them, but a good portion of them were secret and a few of them were top secret messages. And those flash messages would end up, have to be transported, which we we were not with, Itself, but we would have to transport them, drive them over to the headquarters, and give them to the the person in charge at that point in time. Yeah, uh, the job I had was was probably uh, you couldn't have asked for anything better. I mean, yeah, it was in a in, in a bad situation where every once in a while you get shot at, but but basically no, it, it was a it was a good good spot.
0: Henshaw was part of the 53rd during one of the most decisive battles of the war in Vietnam, the Tet Offensive. He tells us what his experience was like. It's Tet, the Oriental New Year, and it's a new war. The Viet Cong simultaneously attacked just about every major city and town in South Vietnam.
1: Now, for as far as Tet goes, do we go back uh just before attack there of course there was always this, uh, a a ceasefire and a cease fire and a very you know so everybody could party and go and have a good time uh both both the Vietnamese and the the amer and the Americans at that point in time um and uh, I was in a place, I was in a place they said in in Long Bend, but the exact post was, it was called the Plantation. And that's where the uh, 53rd Signal Battalion was. We were right across from a place called Widow's Village. uh, And uh, about, let's say we started about a couple days before uh, the 31st of, of January, we started getting communications As messages from people that that uh, troops that were going through the area that they were they spotted DC they spotted NV80 but they couldn't do anything about it they just reported it and everything was just left to go as it was Uh, the date of the thirty first after going to CHOWD, the 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 locals that worked in the place were sent home. In fact, one of the, one of the ladies there said, be careful tonight. So, you know, it, it, uh, everything is going just fine. It's nice and quiet. There are fireworks, and I'm regular fireworks. But uh, at 3.30 in the morning, all of a sudden, all hell broke. We were a small fire. We And all that good stuff uh, and that kept on for a few hours but as I said uh, our house boy uh, turned out to be a DC and he was killed in Saigon uh, it was not fun then it was not fun for uh, the little bit of combat that I saw was only about a uh, maybe about a, uh, a week long total So, but that was not fun
0: the Tet Offensive caught a lot of Americans by surprise. 1968 would be the costliest year of the war, with over 16,000 Americans killed.
1: If you're going to San Francisco,
0: anti war sentiment began to grow at home as people took to the streets, demanding a withdrawal of U.S. forces from Vietnam.
1: Vietnam is not our war! We must say no! no. are we gonna go? No. Hell no! Go. Hell no,
0: we won't go! Hell no, we won't go! Hell no, we won't go! Henschel tells us what it was like to return home from Vietnam.
1: When I live the country, I, 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 uh, I, I, the people that we dealt with, the locals, I don't know if it was a show or not; they were fairly nice, but you always had to watch what you were doing uh Did we have any opportunities to go into one of the local towns a couple times? They sort of discouraged that um, i was just- i was, I was glad to get out of there and uh even though I still had a little bit of time left when I got back to the states a few months a few months. Um, just glad to get out of it. When we, when we landed at Transfer, Traverse Air Force Base, uh, we were met, one of the groups that was met with a bunch of hippies and there was a little bit of a scuffle at that time and, but they kept the rest of us away from, um, or, you know, what have, what have could have happened, what have, would have happened if, if, uh. People have just got better, out of combat, come to meet some people that started throwing stuff at them. You know, you know what's going to happen. Uh, got in the city, uh, in Chicago, back to Chicago. A lot of me, that's one experience I had. If I was going over to my fiancé's house. And at that time, I didn't have a car. I, I was. I took public transportation, a bus. Well, I got on a bus. It was a routed bus. And a bus usually is pretty. Yeah, if there's noise, spots. When I walked on a bus, the, the bus turned like a tomb. It not a word was said on that bus. People started looking at you and pointing at you because I had my uniform on. And not a not a word, not a word. So. And then at work, well, that was pretty good. So I stepped I, stuff together. And was, every once in a while, there was a comment about, you know, uh, what did you do over in Nam and stuff like that. But for the most, uh, that, it wasn't friendly applying.
0: Henschel sums up his experiences in the Army and in Vietnam.
1: My experience in the service, uh, even though going through... Uh, at the time, could be sheer hell at times. I think it was good. I think it was worth it. Of course, I'm I'm I've also, uh, I'm a patriot, so I believe in what we 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 were what we did. Even though, let's say Vietnam, uh, I don't know if we should have been there in the first place, but we were sent, so we had to do our job, and we did our job.
0: The 53rd Signal Battalion left Vietnam on the 22nd of June, 1971, after five years in country. I want to thank Bruce Henschel for visiting with us today and telling us about his experiences in Vietnam, as well as with the 53rd Signal Battalion, and I want to wish him and other Vietnam War vets a welcome home. For more information about the war in Vietnam, visit army.history.mil. This has been an SMDC history moment. I'm First Sergeant Steve Sagan. Thanks for listening. This is the end. Beautiful.